Welcome everyone to Force of Nature Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew D. Hamilton, and I'm here with my co-host, David Bodger. Terrific. So, Dave, today we are going to talk about zoos. Ooh. Um, I'm going to kind of go into a bit of zoos and like the history of them, and we're also kind of find out what some of the oldest ones are. And then I have a couple unfortunate accidents that happened at zoos, so we're going to cover a couple of tax stories. Mm, okay. And this, I've decided that this is actually going to be a two-parter. Okay. Because I've, I've found a lot of cool stories uh, in my research of uh, the tax that happen at zoos. So we're only going to cover a couple today, and then we're going to cover a couple more next week. Okay. And we hope that everyone enjoyed last week's episode and our coverage of kangaroos. Uh, I wonder how many people had Tommy Kangaroo down sport <laughs> and had that stuck in their head. Hopefully, everyone. Mm. But that was a, that was a fun episode. Kind of bounced in and out of mine. <laughs> Did it? Get it? Yeah. <laughs> you should have said hopped. Oh yeah, that's true. I should have, huh? Uh, but yeah, that was a fun episode. So go check that out if you haven't. And before we get into things, we want to thank all of our listeners. Uh, we've been growing and we have been gaining more listeners in the last few weeks. So thank you to everyone who's telling telling the, uh, their friends or family all about us. So thank you. Uh, word of mouth uh, as well as reviews are kind of the best way to gain more listeners. Yeah. Uh, and if you haven't uh, done that yet, done the reviews, make sure you do. Go to iTunes or whatever platform you go, you use. Give us five stars. Say something you like about the show. And it just really helps us get some attention, and so please, please do that if you can. Uh, other than that, Dave, are you ready to get started? I'm ready. Okay. So uh, we're going to kind of start this out. I'm going to do like a, kind of a brief history of zoos. It's not s- super in-depth, but okay. I wanted to kind of cover a, a look, cover it a bit. Okay. So the definition for a zoo is... An establishment that maintains a collection of wild animals, typically in a park or gardens, for study, conservation, or display to the public. Hmm. That's kind of the proper definition. Maybe that's what the aliens call Earth. It's a zoo. (laughs) Maybe they do. (laughs) So the first zoos can go back thousands of years, actually, but they they weren't exactly what we know of them today. Uh, The first zoos were created kind of like as private collections for rulers and other wealthy to kind of show their power. Uh, These were called menageries. Okay. And menageries uh, can be dated back to ancient Egypt, uh, Mesopotamia, China, and other ancient civilizations. And Alexander the Great was known to send animals he caught from expeditions back to Gr- back to Greece to oh. create his own menagerie. Also, the Romans were big on collecting animals, hmm. although they would often use animals for battle. Yeah, and I was thinking that we can maybe make a future episode of uh, oh, animals yeah. in in Roman times, Combat, gladiators. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that could be a cool that fun could be episode. A good one, yeah. So maybe we'll do that sometime. Uh, yeah. And yeah, the, let's see. But anyway, menageries even existed under Montezuma, uh, the Aztec emperor, hmm. which is in present-day Mexico, and one of the earliest collections in the Western Hemisphere was there. Wow. 
I guess they most of their animals would be around, you know. Whereas yeah, but, you know, in the old world, they, they probably had, they could get around Africa, Asia. And yeah, that's true. Different kinds. It's a good point. But uh, let's move from ancient into a little more modern. Zoos, what we know them today, uh, began becoming popular in the 18th century, so the 1700s. Mm-hmm. And this was during the Age of Enlightenment. Huh. Uh, this age is like a period in Europe when science and logic and reason were promoted as of ideals for society and government more than just... Uh, they had like all religion and uh-huh. they just... Yeah, things were messy back then, so this is kind of the Age of Enlightenment. Uh, this new scientific focus extended into zoology. So during this time, scientists wanted to research animals' behavior and anatomy. To do this, scientists and zookeepers had to be around these animals and kind of mimic the animals' natural habitats. Okay. So now let's go over some of the first, uh, some of these first zoos. Okay. Sounds good to me. Uh, the world's oldest zoo is the Tiergarten Schonbrunn. I don't. I, I got no chance in the saying this word properly. But it is in Vienna, Austria. Oh wow! That's where okay. the oldest one is. How old is it? It was built in 1752. Hmm. And it is still today, still around today. Wow. And it is still today known as one of the best zoos in the world. Huh. And it gets approximately 2.5 million visitors a year still. Wow. That's quite, that's a lot. Yeah. And so then the second oldest is the Menagerie du Jardin des Plantes. I, hmm. I, I don't think I got... I can where it is. But <laughs> yeah, it is, it is in Paris, France, and was opened in 1794. Okay. And it was primarily made for scientific research and education. Okay. The third oldest is the London Zoo, which opened on April 27th, 1828. Hmm. This zoo also built the first reptile house, the first aquarium, first insect house, and the first children's zoo. Interesting. And since it is an urban zoo and can't make more room, Uh they uh, have another site where they house... A lot of the larger animals in Bedfordshire. Okay. And How far away is that? It's not too far. It's just uh-huh. kind of outside of London. And then the fourth oldest and the last on my list is the Dublin Zoo in Ireland. And it opened just three years after the London Zoo in 1831. And the London Zoo uh, donated a lot of its first animals there. Huh. And the zoo attracts around 1 million visitors a year, even now. Right on. So all of these, yeah, and all these zoos are still open today, and they're obviously, all the oldest ones are in Europe. But the oldest zoo in America is the Philadelphia Zoo. Hmm. It was commissioned in 1859, but due to the American Civil War, it was delayed. Hmm. And then it would eventually open in 1874. That's oh, wow. quite a delay. Yeah. And when it opened, the admission price was, get, take a guess. A uh, dollar? 25 cents. Oh, hey. Uh, nowadays, it is around 20 to $25 per mm. person. Uh, also, interesting fact, in 1995, there was a fire outbreak 
in the World of Primates section. Hmm. This fire killed 23 animals, including 10 lemurs, four white-handed gibbons, six gorillas, and three orangutans. Hmm. That sounds like a pretty terrible fire. So the monkeys started? I don't know. They maybe might this was increasing their intelligence. Yeah, this, this was like maybe, <laughs> maybe this was like a failed attempt at like Planet of the Apes. <laughs> yeah. It was like their first attempt and it didn't go over very well, so <laughs> yeah. they just called it quits after that. <laughs> but uh, the zoo is also known to be one of the best in America and the world. So now let's go over some different types of zoos. There's actually okay. several different types. First, we have the urban zoo, which I said from the London Zoo. Uh this, these types of zoos are located within cities, and a, kind of a problem with these urban zoos is that they are located in cities which can't make more room. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what I said with the London Zoo. So yeah. that means they gotta they gotta do different things different. They can only house smaller animals unless they build a second site, which the London Zoo did. Okay. Um, then we have suburban zoos, which are the ones that we mostly uh, associate with here in America. Mm-hmm. Um, they're normally where there's, they have room to expand and make other enclosures, stuff like that. That's like the suburban zoo. Okay. And that would even what we would call like the Hogel zoo here in Salt Lake. Yeah. And that, it even includes the San Diego zoo, okay. which is the largest zoo in the U S the San Diego zoo has more than 4,000 animals over 800 different species. And the park as a whole is around two or yeah, 2000 acres. So that must include the wild animal yes, park. It's it San does. Diego zoo and the animal park. Okay. Yeah. I've never, I've never actually been to the San Diego zoo myself. Oh, I know you it's have. Amazing. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's on a hillside. So it's like, if you walk around the whole thing, you'll be going up and down, but they have a, um, what are they called? A skyway kind of right. thing you could take as a cheat way, you know, but yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's beautiful. Cause it's, you know, San Diego's green. Yeah, San Diego. So the whole thing is just lush. This luscious place. So it's pretty you cool. Watch, yeah, uh, I've never been there. I'd like to go there. They segregate out the areas. You know, you got the, you got like Australian. That. Yeah, and, like Australian and African mm-hmm. animals together. Yeah. Do you walk most of it? Yeah, they have a bus that'll go around the perimeter. Okay. Um, but yeah, but I think that's extra. Is it a lot of walking? I imagine. Oh it yeah, is. yeah, we did it. It was fun. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. good exercise for you. Because it is big, but then most of it would then be the wild animal park. Because that's yeah. huge. Not when you take a tram around. Okay. Because it's yeah, it's huge, and they just have this wide open area of every herbivore in Africa. You know, oh. rhinos, giraffes, and they're all just living gazelles. together, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely would like to go there. I'm surprised I've never been. Actually, it's pretty neat. Yeah. All right. Well, let's continue. Next, we have a safari park. These parks are the ones you can actually drive like your own car through. Okay. Or use a bus with other visitors. So okay. part of the animal where you were just talking about, mm-hmm. that's, it's a lot of zoos that mix and match. They yeah. have different areas. Yeah. So, so they, they got can, Bear World up in uh, Yeah, that's what I was just I was actually next oh, going to okay. say that. Yeah, Bear World, and that's in Idaho, and that's like an open area. They're, they're, these are kind of around all over the country, but open area with bears and wolves, right? Do you I don't know? know if they've got wolves. They've got elk, bison. Um, yeah, they might have bison too. I can't remember. I didn't. I've never been there. I've, I've, it was but, a long uh, time ago when I was there. 
Oh, yeah? But, yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, God, those bears are huge, and they're just walking right by your car. Oh, man, I want to see that. Yeah. Uh, and they, these these types of zoos are also common, seem to be common in Asia as well. Oh, okay. Ooh, and I have one story. Do they have enough cars there? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have one great story from a zoo like this. I'm going to hold on to it until next week. Oh, okay. Uh, but... There are, and these types of zoos are typically larger and give the animals more room to roam. Mm-hmm. All right, so then we have aquariums. Uh, they normally have, they're more like for fish, and we all kind of know what aquariums are. Yeah. Uh, for water animals, and some will even have like marine mammals sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then we have roadside zoos or private zoos. They seem to be a thing here in America, and they are often small and less regulated. I'm not a big fan of these types of zoos, and yeah. they have a bad reputation, which is deserved. Uh, too often, the animals are neglected and not taken care of properly, yeah. uh, made to live in really small enclosures, yeah. or basically just cages a lot of the time. So I'm not a big fan of these kind of zoos. Yeah. Uh, next, we have petting zoos, or children's zoos, which you know feature more docile farm-type animals that can be fed and touched. Yeah. And then you can like buy the food for a quarter mm-hmm. in the machine and then they, they'll eat the food yeah. from your hand. Yeah. Those are always, yeah, those are kind of, kind of yeah. fun. And next we have, uh, animal theme parks. So okay. the, this is, this includes like SeaWorld, uh-huh. Bush Gardens, Gatorland, and Disney's animal kingdom. Gatorland. Huh? Hmm. Yeah. Notice anything about all these ones I just said. They're theme parks. Yeah. Notice anything else about them? Uh, no. They're all in Florida. Oh. <laughs> Just want to make note of that. Nice. I like so, to... there's, so there's none in that another country then, huh? Yeah, there probably are, but all those ones are in Florida. Oh, okay. I mean, there's SeaWorld in San Diego, and so they're all oh, in that's place. that's true. Yeah. Um, there are, so also there are specialized zoos. We can even say like aquariums are, would fit in this category as well. Where zoos are dedicated to certain species, uh, and these would include also like aviaries, okay. so like birds and yeah. uh, like if they have a certain species or certain genre of animals they want to have, and then they'd be a specialized zoo. Okay, and that's that's all the types of zoos I found. Now people still today collect menageries as well. Famous examples include Michael Jackson. Mm, okay. Michael had several tigers, giraffes, parrots, and he also had a chimpanzee. <laughs> Remember his name? Bubbles. Bu- yeah, Bubbles the chimpanzee. Now, another famous one is that of the Colombian drug lord, Pablo Escobar. <laughs> he kept an enormous private zoo, including camels, buffalo, elephants. Remember, this is Colombia. Wow. So he had elephants brought over and hippos. Now, get this. Uh... Some of these hippos escaped. Oh. I have escaped, and and I shit you not, they still live in the Colombian jungles. Oh, really? They live in there. They're not nobody. Wow. They, nobody's gone out to kill them or anything. They're there are actually wild hippos in Colombia. Wow, isn't that nuts? I've yeah. I've read that. I've read that article, something about that before. But it's still crazy to think about. Yeah, and we'll we'll cover more about that story when we cover hippos, which oh, will happen sometime okay. soon. But after Escobar's death, the rest of the animals were sold and donated to zoos around the world. Gee, I wonder if they found any dead bodies in them. 
I maybe I wouldn't <laughs> why, doubt it. Why else would he keep a menagerie? You know, it's like <laughs> it's someone get with rid a of the bodies, business. right? Oh, my car wash is for laundering money. <laughs> all these animals. Oh well, disposing of taking bodies. Taking care of yeah, guys who cross me. <laughs> now I also want to add that zoos do serve a purpose. Zoos, you know, are they a good place to take the family and help teach young people about nature and animals? And education is always good. Uh, have you ever seen? Have Dave ever seen the videos where kids are behind glass and an animal comes after them? Yeah, is aren't those? They're really funny, but at the same time, they're like that animal would murder this yeah. kid right now. It's funny to watch either a kid or a parent just be like, "Oh, it's so cute," and you're thinking that animal is not cute. Yeah, like it's it's, it's kind of weird. Rip if you, him to shed. It's weird if you think shreds. about it. It is funny. I do think it's funny to see the people freak out when they see the animal coming. That's funny, but if you think about it, you're like. The animal would totally just rip that person apart right now. The yeah. animal would have taken that baby. And, uh. But it, it, they are, they're still kind of funny. I like watching them. <laughs> uh, zoos are also good for scientific research. Scientists can observe behavior and are able to treat sick and injured animals. So they don't get treatment in the wild. Yeah. And there are also, also known breeding programs, uh, particularly for endangered animals. One example of a successful breeding program is the reintroduction of the California condor. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Mm -hmm. They had those in the um, San Diego Zoo, too. Did they? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so after breeding, uh, some were re-released back into the wild. And so it's a successful, um, successful, successful breeding program. Yeah. Uh, zoos also help promote conservation, obviously, and many zoos contribute to conservation projects all over the world. Okay. And now yeah, the, the uh, San Diego Zoo, the Wild Animal Park, they had they were talking about the rhinos. There's a couple of species of rhinos. Mm-hmm. One of them, there's only one left. Was it the that white, was the, the white, white rhino, rhino, I believe, in Africa. Yeah. Really? I think so. One and then there's I don't a black. You save that, but <laughs> they have, I mean, unless there's some in zoos. Okay, but they've done them on some other rhinos. They've, they've got them. Yeah, the black rhinos, I believe, getting them back. But yeah, it's, it's pretty neat. I mean, that park is spacious. They can do it there. Yeah. So there are good things about zoos. I mean, yeah. there, there are a lot of critics of zoos. Naturally, I could see that. Yeah. Some believe it is cruel to keep animals in captivity, and that living in captivity takes away wild animals' natural behavior and instincts. Which is actually of true. It does. Yeah, it's totally Look at domesticated true. Domesticated cats and dogs. Exactly. <laughs> They're not wild anymore. Yeah. Is so, it a bad thing? I don't know. I so animals say. living in zoos, you know, it's, it's some kind of a controversy. But if they're doing, if they. Uh, keeping care of the animals properly. Yeah. I personally don't have a problem with most, it. Yeah, most of the zookeepers you meet, they're they're nice people. And they they genuinely yeah, they, love the animals. Yeah, they really so, do. I don't know how you'd complain that the. They're not trying to take care of them, you know. Hippies, I don't know. I, it's uh, I don't get it, but and it gives us an opportunity to learn to see and people. see them. Yeah. yeah. Would you ever see know. a tiger if it wasn't for no. a zoo? No. No. I don't go out of the United States. <laughs> uh, so as long, yeah, like I said, as long as animals are well kept, kept, uh, I'm okay with it. Um, except for I'm not still not a big fan of the private collection people. That could be risky, yeah. Yeah, there's it's, it's a businessman. They'll cut, cut, you know. Well, it's, they it's, start going broke. They're gonna cut costs. There, there seem to be really big in Texas. These some of these. Oh, really? Roadside animal zoos or private collection zoos. Hmm, interesting. Uh, sometimes, sometimes when we're I, God, I do this every episode, Dave. <laughs> our listeners could, should play a drinking game 
whenever they listen to our, our episodes. And every time I say we're going to cover this, take a shot. You'll probably you be go. pretty pro- good and tipsy after yeah, after or, each episode. Yeah. But uh, we, we, I think I want to cover private zoos more in depth at some time. And then we'll even discuss the Zanesville Massacre. I hadn't heard of that one. Yeah, that's the one where... You throwing a teaser in here, man? Yeah, a little teaser. <laughs> that's the story where the man released all of his animals. They had like a couple... He had, he had like 20-something big predators. Bears, tigers, oh, lions. okay. So he released them all, and then he committed suicide. Himself, yeah. And so eventually they had all... What could they do? They got wild animals running around, and so the people had to go out and shoot them. So... Mm. It was a pretty sad story, but it's very interesting, and I think I want to cover it sometime. Okay. Uh, but Dave, uh, enough about that. How about we get into an, uh, an attack story? Oh, okay. Now, our first story is kind of a well-known one. This is an attack that happened on Christmas Day, 2007. Ooh. And it happened at the San Francisco Zoo. Huh. There's actually a lot. There is actually a bit of a prequel to this story, though. So let's go back to a year earlier to December 22nd, 2006. Okay. So I'm going to tell this little mini story before I get into the main one. A veteran zookeeper named Lori Komajan was feeding a tiger named Tatiana. So we have another tiger story on our hands, Dave. Okay. Lori was feeding Tatiana through the enclosure's grill, which I guess is like uh, just like the bars that you mm-hmm. put your hand in. But Tatiana got a hold of Lori's arm, pulling it through wow. and clawing and biting her arm. Ugh. So the California Occupational Safety and Health Administration, it's a mouthful, uh, they determined that the zoo had inadequate preca- precautions and staff training. The zoo was fined $18,000 and Lori, who underwent several surgeries and... Uh, skin grafts and whose arm was severely scarred and permanently injured. Mm. Lori sued the zoo and settled on undisclosed terms. So now we're going to go skip a year forward. Uh, But let's meet Tatiana a little bit. Okay. The the tiger. Uh, Yeah. That was her first attack. Uh, Tatiana was born June 27th, 2003. So in 2007, she's just over four years old. Pretty young. Mm-hmm. And she's a Siberian tiger uh, weighing around 250 pounds. Now, there is a lot to this story, but I'm going to I'm going to get right into the attack and then tell more about the story uh, as we continue. OK. A little after closing time, which was 5 p.m. on Christmas Day, Tatiana escaped her enclosure. Oh, Taking aim at three boys. Oh my goodness. One is Carlos Souza Jr. Never name your kid Jr. Bad <laughs> things happen to juniors. Uh, <clears throat> the other two are brothers named Paul and Colber. Their last names are is Dwala. Oh God, Dave, this is D H A L I W A L. Dollywall. Okay. Yeah, okay. I like that. So Paul and Kubler Dollywall. I think that's Hindu. I'm not sure. Hmm. But uh, Tatiana escapes her enclosure and attacks these boys. The two brothers are able to run to a zoo cafe about 300 yards away. Hmm. 
But the cafe is locked since it was after oh. closing time. Wait, how did, what were they doing there? They, it was just after closing time, so they just employees oh, are still there. Okay, but um, it was just after closing time, like only a few minutes. Okay, and the two brothers are yelling and screaming, and finally a zoo employee hears their screams and calls nine one one. But the employee isn't sure of their story and doesn't really believe them. What's going on? Because hmm. think about it, you, you see two guys going crazy and after hours, like creating, like, what are these guys doing? That's what the employee, there was, he was thinking it was really weird that this was going on. And mm-hmm. um, they, he, they actually think that they, they, he, the employee thought that they were on drugs or were drunk or acting crazy or had huh. mental problems as well. And this, so this, uh, they do call the cops, but this delays the emergency response time because when the employee calls the police, they said that they think the two brothers are mentally ill or on drugs and they don't <laughs> think that they were actually attacked. Oh. But at this time, Tatiana is with Carlos, killing him. Oh, gee. Carlos dies. After sitting with the body for a bit, Tatiana follows the blood. Well, she because she attacked the other guys too at the same oh. time at the very beginning. Uh-huh. But then she got a hold of Carlos. So the other the other two boys are already kind of bloody. Gee. So she follows the blood trail from the brothers up to the cafe. The brothers are still outside the cafe. And the tiger attacks them again. Oh, my goodness. Now, I'm pretty sure the employees are like, yeah, oh, maybe they were telling gee. the truth. Uh, very shortly after this, armed officers arrive on the scene. This whole thing takes pl- uh, takes place in like 25 minutes. Oh, everything. Man. So the uh, officers arrive on the scene and Tatiana is hovering over Kulber, who is still alive. Mm, wow. The officers hold their fire uh, in fear of hitting Colbert. So they created a, a distraction which caused the tiger to turn and charge at the officers now. Oh, man. They then shoot Tatiana five times, killing her. Oh, wow. Now, there is a lot more to this story. You might wonder how and why Tatiana escaped, right? Yeah. Remember, so our... I think I forgot to mention this, but there is really nobody else at the zoo right now. It's after hours. Mm-hmm. They were kind of like the last ones. So no one really knows what else, what happened. Uh-huh. It's all kind of speculation. So I just want to say that in case I feel like I get something wrong, but that's because all the sources kind of say different things uh-huh. because it's all, most of it is mere speculation in a lot of this. But uh, there was an investigation done. First thing that was found was that the enclosure's moat wall was substantially lower than what it is supposed to have been for zoo regulations. It is supposed to be 16.5 feet, but this was only 12.5 feet. Oh, gee. So, and I never saw a picture of the enclosure or anything, so I can't really map it in my head and Uh exactly how it looks, but you can try to do that yourself. So authorities believe Tatiana was able to jump and get enough leverage for her to pull herself up. Tigers can jump. Yeah, but tigers can jump, man. And yeah, I don't know how she did it. Neither did the authorities or anybody else in this investigation. A few days after the attack, the zoo's director says that Tatiana was provoked by the boys. 
Hmm. Which is kind of so the director that wasn't there says it was provoked. Yeah. So what does the investigation say? I got it. it. Oh, okay. Which is kind of it's kind of it's kind of a way to protect themselves. Yeah. Their image, right? But also there is some evidence of them possibly provoking the tiger. Hmm. In Tatiana's enclosure, they found sticks and pine cones that aren't part of the exhibit. So the boys possibly were throwing stuff at Tatiana. No. As well as like yelling and waving, her, like taunting the tiger. Uh, but still, okay, hold on. Yeah. Uh, one zoo visitor allegedly, allegedly, I'll say that, saw the boys an hour earlier taunting lions. Hmm. Uh, the prov- provoking is all alleged, and the two brothers who survived deny all of this, of course. Hmm. But there was a toxicology report done that indicated that the boys had been drinking and smoking weed. Oh. So they were kind of under the influence of stuff. But so I'm going to kind of draw my own conclusion here. Um, I I honestly wouldn't doubt that the boys were provoking the tiger. I probably just being, you know, like regular dickheads and thinking they're funny and taunting the tiger. I don't doubt that. But I also don't think that the tiger should be able to escape. No. That's kind of the main thing. You can't you can make fun of a tiger and throw a stick at it. But if that thing escapes, that's nuts. Wow. And you you, just, you can't let a 250 pound monster out of its cage, you know? Yeah. And I I absolutely love tigers and think they're awesome and amazing. But as we've learned with our like Jim Corbett episodes and other stories, tigers can be really scary monsters. Yeah. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. Well, they're uh, made to take down huge prey. So yeah. Nothing, you know? the, so the two brothers obviously uh, took their case to court. And their part was settled in 2009, where the zoo paid the brothers $900,000. Wow. Also they had to cover their medical expenses because these, these guys were actually pretty, they were attacked and one of them nearly died. Wow. If it wasn't for the cops coming in the time, easily one of them would have died. Gee. So let's talk about the boy who did die. Carlos. Okay. When authorities found his body near the enclosure, he was dead already. He had blunt force injuries to his head and neck. Many puncture wounds and scratches to his head, neck, and chest. Uh, his skull and spinal... He had uh, fractures in his skull and sp- uh, spine. And also a deep cut to his jugular vein. Ugh. Which is, I'm guessing, probably the one that did him in. Uh, you know, his poor parents, they filed lawsuits and also hired like a big wig lawyer. And sought damages for wrongful death, negligence, culpable and reckless conduct, and maintaining a public nuisance. The Mm. suit was settled in February of 2009, but terms of the settlement were never disclosed. (laughs) So we don't know how much money they got. But I imagine quite a bit. Yeah. So this, that is the San Francisco Zoo Tiger Attack. Wow. And it's, it's a kind of... A well-known story. Have you ever heard of it before? Uh-uh. Okay. But yeah, it was kind of a big story in 2007. Huh. But all that, like I said, the sources were, they said a lot of different things and what happened. And a lot of things are speculation. Like, yeah. were they provoking it? Were they not? Does that matter? 
I don't really think like, it should matter. You know, stuff like that gets at a lawsuit. You just sometimes you just gotta say, I don't know who's telling the truth here because even it's, even the stuff they say is well allegedly or or yeah. it was hearsay said that this you know and so you never know. Well, no, like normally like, you find just, the truth in the middle. Yeah, if you look they're on both sides in the to, middle. Yeah, trying to make sure they don't get in trouble. Exactly, <laughs> but God. A lot of it is kind of just like, yeah, you can't control a tiger, you know? Yeah. But you should also not be able to get out of his cage. Yeah. That's true. Um, and, uh, Joe Rogan actually did a bit on this story. Oh, yeah? In one of his comedy specials. It's it's pretty funny. Maybe I'll have to show it to you after this. <laughs> okay. But he talks about this story a little bit. I'll put, I'll put a link up as well okay. on the description about it. Because it, it's pretty funny. I like Joe Rogan. Yeah. All right. So... Let's go to our second story. Okay. This story happens in November of 2012 at the Pittsburgh Zoo. When a mother attempts to give her two-year-old son a better view of the African wild dog enclosure. (laughs) Which turned into a horrific tragedy. Oh, man. Now, I'm going to pause there. Okay. For a minute, because... I don't know when we'll be able to talk about these dogs again, so I kind of want to go over some information about them. Okay. So do you, do you know what they are, Dave? African dogs? African wild dogs? Uh, yeah. Don't they kind of look like just dogs, but they're like hyena-looking? A little bit of mangy mm, fur and... Kind of mangy, but not. they're, they're still dogs. We, yeah. we still... Hyenas are their own thing, remember? And oh, yeah. Dog, bear, dog, bear, cats. That's what hyenas are. But, uh, so if you... If you haven't, if the listener hasn't seen one before, think of a good-sized dog, like uh, maybe a Labrador, like around 55 pounds. So they're mm-hmm. pretty decent size. And pretend you have a dog in front of you, and you also have some paint. And then you have black paint, you have white paint, and then this like golden brown color. Now, put your hand in the paint... And just throw that paint on the dog. It doesn't matter where it lands. Just pick up every each color and just splat it on the dog. That's what an African wild dog looks like. Oh They're kind of weird looking, but they literally look like somebody just threw paint on them. And that's what the color they are now. <laughs> and they are actually endangered in the wild. Oh. So I'm just going to go over a couple quick things. Okay. This is not going to be like an in-depth like we do for our solo episodes. Okay. Uh, they even go by the name African Painted Dog or Wild Dog, so you can call okay. it either way. They are highly social and can live in groups of 40 dogs or more. Wow. And they live in Africa, obviously, mostly in the southern and eastern parts. And since they hunt in such large groups and are able to cover a whole lot of ground when they're chasing their prey, they are very successful. And. Hmm. Um, uh, around 90% success rate wow. in, in a lot of the groups, Gee. which is the highest of any pr- like land predator like that. Wow. Most predators like lions and leopards and cheetahs are lucky to be around 25%, like lucky to be Gee. at 25%. These guys are p- pushing 90%. Wow. And so, yeah, that's just a couple. Uh, that's probably the most interesting thing about them is their kill rate. Hmm. Uh, But let's go back to the story, okay? Okay. The mother picked up the two-year-old and put him on top of a railing at the edge of a viewing uh, viewing deck. The boy fell down off the railing and into the enclosure. And I guess there was a net there. 
Oh, okay. just in case. But the kid bounced, bounced oh, no. off the net and then off to the side of the net to just fall into the enclosure. Oh, how far down was it? Ten feet, which oh, is okay. Pretty high for Gee. a toddler to fall. Um, wow. Almost immediately, the boy was surrounded by 11 dogs. Oh, no. And they attack him. Oh. It's likely only, like, one or two of the dogs actually attacked him, and the others, you know, got close to just kind of see what's going on, but he's surrounded by 11 dogs. Hmm. Uh, the, the dogs attack and bite him. Uh, no source kind of went in-depth about this part on how he was attacked due to it being pretty graphic. Mm. And the boy being, you know, so he's only a toddler. They're not going to want to. Most people didn't want to talk about a toddler being ripped apart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, It's also possible that the fall killed the boy. um, Or maybe the dogs did. But either way, the two-year-old dies. Zoo staff responded very quickly. Uh, So did police. But, you know, like, can you imagine being, like, a witness to this, to seeing this happen? Gee. Because there were other people. This is, like, midday when that happens. And the other children, that there's chill, other children around and other people walking. Like, what can you do? You can't do anything. You can just watch. Wow. Uh, so when zookeepers, they went into the enclosure and called off some dogs. And seven of the dogs went into a side building. Three more were eventually drove away from the child, but the last dog was very aggressive. Mm. Probably like the ringleader, and it didn't want to leave the body. It's like protecting its kill. So the police had to shoot and kill this dog. Oh my goodness. Uh, While this is all happening, the mother is freaking out, obviously. Uh, And the boy's father arrives on the scene just at this time. Not knowing what exactly is going on, and then he has to realize that it's his two-year-old boy that is being torn apart by wild dogs. I feel bad for these parents. Yeah. So, African wild dogs are not known to be dangerous to humans, and I did not find any other attack stories. Hmm. Experts of these dogs uh, were asked why they would attack. One expert named Rosie Woodroff... Says she says some good things, so I wanted to include it in here. Okay. She first says, and I quote: "The first point I'd like to make is that the wild dogs are not dangerous to people in the wild. I have never heard of an attack on people, and where I work in Kenya, people, including small children, herding goats or walking to school, encounter wild dogs uh, regularly." Yet local people are not afraid of them. Hmm. And I have personally walked up to these wild dogs many times and never once felt threatened. Hmm. The second thing to point out is that wild dogs are extremely bold and curious. For example, if something unusual falls into their enclosure, I would expect the whole pack to immediately rush up to investigate. She is right, because that's exactly what happened. Hmm. So, two years later... The parents settle the lawsuit against the zoo, but uh, all details remain confidential. Mm. The parents uh, sued in May 2013. Then the zoo countered by arguing that the mother was to blame for the death mm. because she's the one who lifted him up on the railing. Yeah. 
The zoo's attorney says that the boy's death was caused solely by the careless, neglective, and recklessness of the mother. Mm. It's pretty harsh, pretty strong, and pretty harsh. It is. Uh, then the parents' attorney said that the zoo failed miserably in their solemn responsibility to prevent the attack and shamelessly attacked the uh, grieving mother. Mm. I can see where both of them... It's just like kind of like the last yeah. story. I can see where both are coming from, but the truth is probably in the middle. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you, they have to... Zoos have to ride a fine line of making, keeping it safe, but also giving visibility, you know, to see the enclosure. I mean, yeah, I mean... You, you got to have it. I mean, but think about these. These are like one in a million chances. Maybe they really so, are. And it's so then freak they are try, Yeah, but then they try to blame the zoo for it, and then they... Blame the parents, but no, there's just man, yeah. things, accidents can happen. Yeah, but everybody that's... tries to blame each other. That's the problem. Yeah, I that's agree. the problem I find these days. Everybody just tries Putting to blame. blame each other. And I will add that the enclosure passed all inspections just a few months earlier. Hmm. So I guess there was nothing really wrong with the enclosure. Uh, yeah. So it's it's hard to say who to blame. Um, I I do think the mother made a bad judgment call to let the child yeah. go up on the railing, but. Uh, like yeah. you said, it it really is just kind of a one in a million freak accident. Yeah. Uh, how much how much of that can you control? You don't know it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, no theme park, even just theme parks without animals, you, you can't be on railings. That's that's what. <laughs> don't of the stand on tell railings. You. Yeah. Hey, get your kid off of there. Yeah. Force of nature approved. <laughs> don't stand on railings <laughs> yeah. at the zoo. And some people really are stupid. Like as we get in next week, we're going to talk about drunk people hopping into tiger enclosures <laughs> or, or a crocodile enclosures. Oh or, my goodness! So there really are some stupid people yeah. that do stupid things. I don't think this mother is one of them. She just made a bad judgment call. Yeah, and a freak accident happened. She took too big a risk. Yeah, yeah. It's just one of those things that you can't really control. Yeah. So. The rest of the dogs were split up and relocated to other zoos. The Pittsburgh Zoo now houses cheetahs in that enclosure. Hmm. And this was the first visitor death in the zoo's 116-year history. Wow. First one. Uh, this this was a sad story. Yeah. Uh, since it was a toddler that got killed. Uh, Dave, that's going to wrap it up now. Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah. you've got more for next week. Oh yeah, I've got okay. some great stories for next week. But okay. uh, I want to want to leave it at this for now. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed learning about zoos and liked our stories. Next week we will be covering even more zoo attack stories. Uh, as of now, I know at least one story I'm going to talk about. Uh, another tiger attack, dude. I, dude, I could have done zoo a tiger attack episodes because oh, yeah. a lot of, there's so many tigers. So I, I kind of want to limit it. And so we'll cover one more because it's really good for okay. next week. And then I want to spread it out and <laughs> mix in some other animals in there, too. So, yeah, next week, uh, next week, make sure to tune in because it's going to be a good one. Right on. Uh, and if you do enjoy the show, Dave, what can the listeners do? Well, they can rate, review, uh, even donate. <laughs> they can re rate, review, subscribe, uh, go to iTunes, Podbean, CastBox, Facebook, and give us a review Give us five stars. Say something you like about the show. Uh, mostly iTunes, though. That's kind of the main one. And if you do that, we will give you a shout out like we're going to do to these fine people. Oh, we got some, huh? First, we want to thank Brett Bucky. Brett Bucky. Who gave us a review on iTunes. He didn't say much, but 
Uh, he, he all he said was that you guys do a great job. Hey, it's enough. Sh- short it's and enough. sweet and to the point. Uh, thank you very much, sir. Yeah. Now, next, we want to thank <laughs> Kevin White twenty three. Okay, Kevin White twenty three. Uh, it's not Kevin. It's Kevin. Oh, that did what? Yeah, Kevin. I heard it. Okay. Did I say it wrong? I'll try know. it again. <clears throat> Kevin White 20... No, what is, now what is it? Did they do it right? Kevin, Kevin White 23. Kevin, not Kevin. Kevin White 23. Sure. Uh, I failed, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I want to I read what this person said. Uh, okay. And I quote, This podcast is always informative and fun to listen to. I also love Matt's sexy voice. Ooh. <laughs> I honestly don't know if this is like a buddy of mine trying to be funny hey, or Matt, bring that mouth right up to that <laughs> microphone. Oh yes. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, white <laughs> Kevin Kevin White White 24 23. Whatever, 23. whatever, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but I feel like it might be one of my buddies is just trying to be funny or something like uh, that. But you know what? even if it's not, uh thank you. Uh, thank you for telling me I have a sexy voice. Nice. <laughs> I don't know. Way to work it. Work yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But also, we were, uh, like I said, we're going to get into Patreon at some point, And I'm still figuring out what that is and how to do it. Okay. And one thing, if you want to be even more of a wonderful person, it's the holiday season. What you can do is you can donate to Force of Nature. And uh, you can do that by going on PayPal, where you can uh, search. You can search under the email forceofnaturepod at gmail.com or just search Force of Nature, and it should be up there. That would be more than amazing if we got a little bit of donation. I work hard on these episodes, and you know life comes at you. So sometimes you don't have a lot of time. I didn't have as much time today or mm. this this week, but I still really love enjoyed. I really enjoy doing this show, so I want to keep doing it. But yeah, any donations would be wonderful. You can also go to Venmo and use my personal account, Matthew-Hamilton-51. And all this will be in the description below. Okay. Remember, if you or someone you know has a cool animal-related story you'd like to share with us, or uh, maybe you came across a cool article and you want to send it to us, do so. Or you can just come and say hi. Email us at forceofnaturepod at gmail.com. Uh, also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram, which I have been doing. Okay. Right kind of, yeah, like once a week. <laughs> but um, also, we're we're available on all the network or all the platforms we're on, like iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher. We're, we're on all the ones we need to be, so that's yeah. good. And also remember to check out the Sports Project podcast with our good friend Breck Snyder. Uh, Dave, whew, anything to add, man? No, sounds good. Okay, so remember to tune in next week for part two of Zoo Attack Stories. This is the Force of Nature podcast. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tell your friends. Be a part of building this up. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.